The reading this morning is taken from Ephesians, it's chapter 5, uh, verses 8 to 21, and you'll find that on page 1176 of the Pew Bibles. For you were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness and truth, and find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them, for it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, for it is light that makes everything visible. This is why it is said, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine upon you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine which leads to debauchery. Instead be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Apparently, the way that you walk says... A lot about your personality, according to researchers anyway. Both um, your pace and your stride length appear to indicate levels of the big five personality traits. Extroversion, conscientiousness, openness, agreeableness, and neuroticism. I wonder what your walk says about you. The way you walk says something about who you are. And it's no different when it comes to the Christian walking as God's children. Ephesians 5 is actually peppered with the language of walking. It's not so evident, I'm afraid, in the NIV translation, but it is there. As God's children, we're called to walk as light, walk in wisdom, and to walk with thanksgiving. Those are the three points that we're going to look at this morning. So please do keep your Bibles um, open in front of you at Ephesians 5. But let me just take a moment to pray. God our Father, thank you for your word. And we pray now that the Holy Spirit would be our teacher, that we may be changed and we may come under your word and live it out for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. So God's children walk firstly as light. Verse 8 begins, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light, or walk as children of the light. Now notice here first, it doesn't say you were in darkness, or you are now in light, but rather it says you were darkness. You were darkness itself, and now you are light, you are Light itself. Do you see? Very important. The difference, you see, the difference between um, a Christian 
and a, a, an unbeliever is not one of scale, but one of status. You are either in darkness or you are in light. Now, yes, of course, there is a, there's a journey to be taken, but you're either a Christian or, or, or not. There's no nearly, there's no scale, there's no degrees of it. I think um, it was C.S. Lewis who had a great illustration, really, about this. He said, imagine you, you're on a journey from London to Edinburgh, and you take the sleeper train, um, you, get off, you get on sorry, in England, and you arrive in Scotland. You never know with trains these days, but um, you arrive in Scotland. You are in a different country. Some people on the sleeper train know exactly when they crossed the border from one country to another. Others don't know. Perhaps they were asleep. Maybe they were young. But they both know, they both know that they're in a different country. You know you're in Scotland, don't you? You see the bagpipes, you see the shortbread, there's all that whiskey, all the stereotypes, sorry Will, um, and all those things. Same for Christians. You see, it's not a scale, yes there is a journey, but it's not a scale. You're either into the kingdom of light or you're not. You can't be half in. There's no such thing as a half Christian. It actually goes deeper because it's about a change in nature. Because it says, for you were once darkness, but you are now light. You're a whole new creation. Before we trust in Jesus Christ, darkness was at the center of our being. At the center of us is our sin. And the Bible says our sin isn't isn't so much um, the stealing and, and, and cheating and lying and gossiping. Oh yes, they are sins. But the essence of sin is a heart, you see, that says... It says that I'm in charge. A heart that says, I want to do things my way. A heart that says, shove off God. I'm in charge. I'll do it my way. Um, I'm sure many of you go to Burger King. (laughs) Not many, no, lots of... (laughs) Good. (laughs) Burger King has a slogan that catches the essence of what this darkness is. Their slogan is, be your way. In other words, have your burgers your way. Be your way. How have they arrived at that slogan? Well, marketing experts have spent millions tapping into the way that we work. In that phrase, they've managed to to encapsulate what the Bible says sin is, what darkness is, what we were before we came to Christ. Be your way. I mean, we see it in so many different places. We even see it in the movie Frozen. You've all seen Frozen, haven't you? You, you need to go and see it. <laughs> um, it's one of the joys having children. You get to watch all these movies. I mean, what's the song in it? Let It Go. Everybody loves that song. All the children, lots of people love the song Let It Go. Why is it such a hit? Let it go, let it go. <laughs> Can't hold it back anymore. Shall I stop? <laughs> it's time to see what I can do. To test the limits and break through. No right, no wrong, no rules for me. I'm free. Let it go. I couldn't sing it. (laughs) You you may say, but Eddie, we like the song. (laughs) 
yeah, I think it's a, it's a, in many ways it's a nice song. Um, it's a great tune, but think about, think about it for a moment. This is it's just devastating. Think about what Elsa has just done. She's, she's devastated our whole city and frozen it completely. So food can't get in. People are, are dying. Um, the whole country is in an ice storm, abandoned. She's abandoned the community because of no care, no right or wrong. I just be your way. It all plays, you see, into that deep center of us. That, that view of ourselves, that all that matters is self-discovery, that we self-authenticate ourselves, be your way. And at the heart of that is actually the essence of sin, is our darkness. What's the only thing that will save Elsa? As if you've seen it. Sorry if you haven't seen it, you need to go and see it. What's the only thing that saves Elsa? An act of self-sacrifice of another for her. The part that we should delight in, the part we should delight in, the final act of someone dying to save her. What does that remind you of? Jesus Christ. Christianity is about getting that new heart, a new status about being, being light. It's not a scale. It's, about being, it's not about being on your way to becoming good or nice. No, it's about being a new person, about a new nature about being light. Now, what does that mean for the believer? It means, as verse 8 says, we're to live as children of the light or to walk as children of the light. It says, don't run, don't, don't dawdle, don't stop, but walk. Walk steadily, consistently, daily as children of the light. Verse 9, for the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness and truth, And find out what pleases the Lord. For the fruit of light consists in these things here. Now, the fruit. How do we see this fruit? Well, imagine imagine that um, you have um, seen Frozen and you've been to Burger King. And on the way home, you go to B&Q on the way home. And it's it's a sunny day. And um, you buy in B&Q, the garden centre, two sapling trees, two little trees. Um, And one's a a laburnum tree, um, and the other one um, is an apple tree. But on the way home, the labels fall off in the back of your car, and you get muddled up, and you're not an expert at which is which, and you don't know how to tell them apart. How are you going to tell them apart? Well, you plant them, don't you? That's what you do with a tree. You plant them. uh, And you wait to see what fruit they produce. The fruit of a laburnum is poisonous. The fruit of an apple tree is of great joy. We often cannot tell the heart of darkness from a heart of light. But eventually... Things will run their course. Time will tell. The fruit will come to bear. So if we walk in the fruit of truth, if we're a truth teller, truth in the short run might be quite hard. It can get you in lots of trouble just being straight with people. 
Let your yes be yes, your no be no. It may seem telling lies for somehow is easier. But it's all short-term gain, isn't it? But in the long term, those lies always find you out eventually. The fruit of lying causes all sorts of pain and destruction. We know that in our own family lives. Walk as light. Walk as light also means in verse 11, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. The word expose now here is an interesting word because it literally means really to persuade with evidence. It's that kind of exposure in a kind of uh, that sense of um, evidence-based persuasion. And that's really important. I want to uh, make that clear um, because it means that exposing is not really about denouncing or, or condemning in that kind of exposing kind of way. That's often how we, we understand the word expose. No, it really means to just persuade with evidence. That's the kind of exposure. You know, you flash a light of the gospel on people around you and through your joy of your life, the attractiveness of the way you live, the way you speak at work and at home, you win people with the radiance of which comes from the greatest source of light, Jesus Christ, who is the light of the world. That's the kind of exposing, because it only makes sense in light of the next verse, in verse 12, where it says, For it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. What Paul is saying there, as light, there's a sense where you don't even need to mention the deeds of the darkness, because your light should be evident, should persuade with evidence. And so verse 14 says, For it is light that makes everything visible, This is why it is said, Wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Today we talk about someone needing a wake-up call, don't we? When when someone is oblivious to kind of the imminent consequences of their actions. And so we too need to to wake up. We need a wake-up call. St. John's, rise from the dead. Reflect the light of Christ. So that's point one. God's children walk as light. Secondly, God's children walk in wisdom. Verse 15, it says, Be careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise. Make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. And you can translate this um, uh, being wise as um, walk, it actually again uses the language of walking. Walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Now, that again, that walk implies, again, the day-to-day things. It's not a one-off event, something we consistently seek to do in Christ. Now, wisdom, it's often a difficult thing to get, your, get a handle on, I find. What is wisdom? Um, it, wisdom has so many different dimensions. When you look in Scripture, it's got so many different expressions of of wisdom, the book of Proverbs has a has a whole load about six um, different ways to express this, and I'll just give you three ways in which it expresses. The first is is a, a, a Hebrew word um, lekwa, which means learning. It's about education, learning a lot of truth about God. That's a a wise thing to do. Proverbs four two says, "I give you sound learning, so do not forsake my teaching." 
So these are to do with understanding God's word. It's, it's really about knowing God's will. What, does he, what is the truth of God? What does he want for my life? A, a fool is somebody who is rather impulsive and doesn't think about what God is actually saying and will not operate on the basis of that revealed truth of God's will in his word. The fool is someone who, who kind of gets swept away with the external things and doesn't, where's the truth of the matter? You know, sometimes people will come up and say things, um, uh, did you see so and so? Weren't they a dynamic preacher? Weren't they a powerful, engaging um, uh, preacher? And then you're, I'll ask them, uh, well, what was it that they said that was engaging? And then there's this kind of silence. I, 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 don't, I don't know, they were just engaging. <laughs> you know, but what, what, what did they say? What was, what was it? And you see, the fool is interested in the externals and not with what the truth is of God's will. In an amazing um, uh, passage in 1 Corinthians 13, you know that passage probably, have it at weddings, um, uh, Paul contrasts self, selfish human love uh, with godly driven love. And he says, love rejoices with the truth. The truth tells us about wisdom. So the second um, word uh, about truth is Haskell, which is a different type of, it's not so much the learning uh, about truth and about um, uh, God's will so much. It's more to do with the very practical essence of God's um, wisdom. It's, n- it's not pragmatism, for pragmati- being practical for practical sake, but rather wisdom that works out in the long run. So Proverbs 10, for example, verse 2 says, Ill-gotten treasures are of no value, but righteousness delivers from death. You see, to disobey God is it's extremely short-sighted. In the long run, obedience delivers from ultimately from death. So in the end, it's actually very, very practical to follow God, isn't it? Because we're all going to stand before God at the end of time. That is actually the wise thing to do. It's about the long run, not what is expedient. The long haul. We're not to cut corners to compromise a bit here and a bit there. A, a third way of thinking about wisdom is the word binar, which means insight. Another di- uh, dimension of, of wisdom is insight. Um, this is to do with our character. It's about making distinctions between uh, uh, that others perhaps can't see as we grow, as we walk with the Lord. So, for example, Proverbs 16, 16 says, how much better to get wisdom than gold, to choose insight rather than silver. Now, what's, what's this insight all about? Let me just try and explain it a little bit like this. Um, Hannah, as many of you know, my wife, um, does Pilates. And I even do it on her occasions. Um, she's a fully qualified instructor. She also trains as a physioterrorist. I mean, a physiotherapist. Uh, and uh, so she knows her stuff uh, almost instinctively. So we can be walking down the street, somebody will pass us by, and she'll turn to me and say, did you see that? I was like, what? 
the person walking past. Um, and then she said, did you not see how they walked? Did you not see their gait? Their gait's not a gait they're carrying. Their gait is something to do with the way you walk, um, apparently. And she'll say to me, did you see that they, were, that they had a prosthetic leg? I mean, you can't... Under the trousers, she just knew by the way that they were walking. Um, or they'll, she'll say, oh, that person's got a knee problem or a hip problem or something like that. And I'm just like, What? The point is, is that she's wise to posture and physio deep down. She has tremendous insight. How has she got that insight? Well, it's over a period of time of walking with the Lord. Eat, well, walking with the Lord. She, she, doesn't, she has that in a way. But that's how we get wisdom, by that day-to-day walking with the Lord, just as she gets it from her physio training. It's the same when, uh, when, the, foot, when the shoe's on the other foot and I... And I'm watching cricket with her. And I, I say, whoa, did you see that ball? How the ball um, uh, cut in, left it on the seam, and then swung away. And she goes, what's that? <laughs> Just looked like another ball. Because of experience, of time spent, knowing and learning what it is that cricket is all about. And that's the same for our walk, for walking in wisdom with the Lord. We need the ability to walk circumspectly putting our feet one by one, deliberately in the right places. Of course, Jesus Christ is wisdom personified, and he's the only one who can make, can make us truly wise. We need to meet him, to welcome him into our lives, and to walk with him in the way of wisdom. Verse 17, Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. How can we be filled with the Spirit? And that leads us to that final point, briefly, that final point of children of God walk with thanksgiving. We walk with thanksgiving. Being filled with the Spirit. Verse 19, speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now notice here just how beautifully um, Trinitarian this passage is. Um, To be filled with the Spirit. God the Father, it mentions. And in the name of the Lord Jesus, be filled with the Spirit. All mentioned together. God, you see, at his core, is a relationship. Three persons in one God. Just as God is relationship, we as his children here walk in relationship with him but also with each other in relationship. So that means we must come regularly together to encourage one another, to spur one another on in our walk, speaking and singing to each other to build one another up, saying, don't we have a great God? Isn't it wonderful how God answers prayer? Thanks be to God. Spur one another, encourage each other to keep walking. As we walk together, we do this with thanksgiving, always giving thanks. And I don't know about you, I can find it hard to remember to say thank you. 
That's why I thought it was really important that we mentioned that story about how Chris came. Because we prayed about that as a church. And we need to give thanks to God for it. But also in the detail, in the little things. And the word gratitude, of course, comes from grace. We have been shown grace, abundant grace. God's undeserved kindness through the forgiveness of our sins, through the shedding of Christ's blood on the cross, so that we wouldn't die. We've been shown grace each day in thousands of different ways. So let us walk in the light. Let's walk as light. Let's walk in wisdom. And let's walk with thanksgiving. Let's just bow our heads and I'll lead us in prayer. I'm conscious that there may be people here um, today who don't know that they are light in the Lord. And maybe this is an opportunity to come to Jesus, to have that invitation and to come into the light and be light as one of God's children. Maybe that's for you here this morning. Christ invites you to come to him and become one of his children. For others of us, maybe we've been walking with Christ many years, but we've struggled, things have been difficult, and we've lose, lost sight that we are in light. We are light. Well, come back and walk with the light. God, our Father, we pray these things for ourselves, for those around of us. We pray as a church community that we would walk together as light, that we would shine out your light in our lives, into our communities, into the places where we work. Father, we pray that you'll help us to walk in wisdom, that we'd have that insight, that learning, that we'd have that practical sense of looking eternally for that final day. And we pray that you'll fill us with your spirit, that we may be thankful in all things, that we may encourage one another to walk with you each day. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.